lose its power. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Shall we look to the scriptures this morning? We continue with our theme, but we are focusing on subtitles. Today's subtitle or the theme is Have You Experienced the Pentecost? Praise God. Have you experienced the Pentecost? Reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. My Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We come in the name of Jesus. We thank you because you are not a God who only works in history. Your works and your deeds are not confined to the past. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore, we look to you this morning, Father. We pray that you would release your grace and your power and, in, and your anointing in this place that will make the declaration of your word effective. In Jesus' name, we bind every powers of darkness. We take victory. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony is your word. And so we say amen to it. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The title is, Have You Experienced the Pentecost? Praise the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, we see the birth of the church and how the church experienced, or the believers who were gathered in the upper room, 120 of them, they were all baptized by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, they were all speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. I want to draw your attention to a few things this morning. Who is this that the people who were gathered in the upper room? These are people who have received the promise from the Lord himself. The time has come what that what was pronounced and prophesied by the Old Testament prophecies, Old Testament prophets are going to be fulfilled. And Jesus himself, before he was ascended up to the right hand of the Father, he told them to wait for the promise. And so this group of people that's waiting in the upper room, 120 of them, the 12 apostles and 108 with them, they all are with one accord, with one mind, waiting on the promise of the Lord to be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. As they are waiting, the Bible says that they heard something. Praise the Lord. 
And what did they hear? The Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Praise the Lord. They heard something that they had never heard before. Not in that magnitude. And then immediately we see that they saw something that they had never seen before. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Praise the Lord. So they heard something spectacular, and now they are seeing something that they had never seen before. As they looked, they could see upon each other cloven, as of cloven tongues of fire upon each and every one that was gathered there. So they heard something that they never heard before. They saw something that they never seen before. And then the Bible says that they experienced something that they have never experienced before. Praise the Lord. And what was the experience that the Bible talks about? It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise the Lord. So they experienced something that they had never experienced before. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all started speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. So they heard something, they saw something, and they experienced something. Praise the Lord. Quite often, people would say, let me see something for me to believe. But the Bible says, you have to believe and then you will see. People would say, let me see and I will believe. We all have the Thomas syndrome. If I see, I will believe. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says, why don't you believe? If you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The promise that is given in the scripture is not just simply confined to the first century church. It is not something that is recorded in history, in history and just erased with time, faded with time. But rather, what Jesus has pronounced and proclaimed to the church is something that all of us have to experience in our lives. In other words, every one of us who believe the Bible as a living word of God, every one of us who believe Jesus to be the Lord of life. Every one of us who's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Every one of us who have been baptized in water. We all should believe that the Lord wants us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. In other words, that day of Pentecost that they experienced then should be a personal experience for you and me, each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. This is nothing that is just for a few elite people, but rather everyone in the body of Christ should experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, and on the day, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. When you hear the term Pentecost, what comes to your mind? Tell me what comes to your mind when you hear the term Pentecost or Pentecostals. What comes to your mind? Tell me, church, what comes to your mind? When you hear the term Pentecost, what comes to your mind? Yes? Worship, very good. Power, very good. What else? Good. Exuberant worship, manifestation of power. Those are the positive connotations to Pentecost. But then there are the negative connotations to Pentecost also. Seeped in tradition, seeped in religion, the, the, the negative connotations are people who are out of control, people who do things that are unorthodox, people who do things which are crazy. And for some reason, that is this picture that is stuck in the minds of people and therefore over the course of time people have stepped away from it. But when you read the scripture, the Acts of the Apostles, and when you read the epistles, we can see that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is not a confined experience that people experienced in, a, in the first century. But rather we see throughout the scripture and in the history we see the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit seen among God's people. Praise the Lord. So there is one aspect where people think have negative connotations and somehow the negative things are propagated to such a degree and extent that people who don't read the word, people who don't believe the word, they become carriers of the negative connotations. But then there is a biblical definition to it. Praise the Lord. And when you understand that, you will realize that in the Old Testament, the Lord gave the children of Israel various festivals. And these festivals had they were symbols and they had meaning behind it. And one of those festivals was the Feast of Passover. The Feast of Passover. The Feast of Passover reminded the children of, him, children of Israel that God himself had instituted this event through Moses. It was a feast where they commemorated the events centuries earlier 
where the children of Israel had been delivered out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. Praise the Lord. And we see God sending 10 plagues over Egypt. And the 10th one was what? What was the 10th plague? Anybody? Hmm? The death of the firstborn and the children of Israel were given clear command that they were to slay the lamb and they were to apply the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and when the angel of death would come, he would see the blood of the lamb applied on the doorpost and he will pass away. And this feast was given as to commemorate that event because when the plague went throughout the land of Egypt, the children of Israel who had taken refuge in the blood of the Lamb had escaped the slaughter. And God did not want them to forget the feast of the Passover because it reminded them of the lamb that was slain and because of the blood that was applied on the doorpost, they had experienced deliverance out of death. And that was an historical fact, but it was also foreshadowing the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ will one day, will be slain on the cross. And through the shed blood of Jesus, there is deliverance from the penalty of sin, from the slavery of sin, from eternal damnation and death. And according to Paul, Paul says, Christ of a Passover lamb has been slain. Praise the Lord. But 50 days later, after the feast of the Passover, was the feast of Pentecost. Praise the Lord. After seven weeks and the next day, the 50th day, the feast of the weeks, as the Old Testament says. In the New Testament, the day of Pentecost had fully arrived. Praise the Lord. That is, after the Passover, seven weeks, seven times 749, and on the 50th day, 10 days after the resurrection, after the ascension of Jesus, praise the Lord, the church had gathered, praise the Lord, 120 of them, and they were waiting in the upper room for the promise to become a reality. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Penti means, in Greek, penti means five. And koste means times ten. That means five times tens, fifty. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This feast commemorated, the feast of weeks commemorated God giving the law of Moses on Mount Sinai 50 days after the exodus from Egypt. Praise the Lord. When you study the number seven in the Bible, it stands throughout the scripture we say, it stands for perfection, fullness, maturity. And God ordained the feast of Pentecost to occur seven weeks after the Passover plus one day. Because, as we said, seven times seven, 49. Pentecost comes the day after seven times seven, a perfectly perfect time period 
of time. And God ultimately used the divinely ordained Pentecost festival to usher in the person who would make it possible for his children, for every believer to become mature, to become perfect, to become everything that God had called them out to be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We know Jesus came and he laid down his life on the cross of Calvary. He did not only open a path into the presence of the holy God. Praise the Lord. He proclaimed us, he justified us, and he proclaimed us righteous. Positionally, we are righteous. But then on a practical day-to-day -day life, if we have to live the righteous kind of life, the holy kind of life, the God-pleasing kind of life, resist sin, resist the powers of darkness, and to be victorious in this walk that God has called us out to be, you and I need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you and I cannot live that kind of God-ordained, victorious, conquering kind of life. Conquering the world, conquering the flesh, conquering sin and Satan. If we have to become overcomers, we need to have the power from above. And if we need to fulfill the mandate that God has placed upon each and every one of us, number one, general, to be witness throughout the world. Number two, the unique custom cut mandate that God has placed upon each and every one of us. We need the power from above. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, God has promised us, you and I have to position ourselves to make it a reality in our life. So to live a righteous kind of life, to live a Jesus kind of life, to live a life that loves God and love each other, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. If we have to love like Jesus loved, we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. What does it mean to love like Jesus loved? Praise the Lord. Jesus loved, to love like Jesus loved, is to love the truth. What is the truth? What is truth? God is truth. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The scripture is the truth. Praise the Lord. So to love like Jesus is to love like Jesus is to love the truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians, Paul says, speaking the truth in love. Gobbling everything is not love. Because the Bible talks about love, which is a discerning kind of love. I'm not going to dwell on it. 
let me move on because my my agenda, my my mandate is something else. Praise the Lord. So here we see that the church or the 120 believers in the upper room is waiting on the Lord. And I want to draw your attention to the setting that is there. There are 120. We see there are 12 apostles. The 11 original apostles. And Matthias who was chosen. 12 plus 108 are sitting there. They are waiting. And they experience this unique, spectacular phenomenon. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the setting is, it's a time of the feast of the weeks. Or the day of the Pentecost has arrived. Praise the Lord. And people from, Jewish people from different parts of the world are there to celebrate this feast that is going on. When you study the history of Israel, we can understand that in 723 BC, the Assyrians invaded the children of God and took many captives. In 586 BC, the Babylonians invaded and they took a lot of captives. So when Jesus comes to the scene, there were more Jewish people living outside of Jerusalem than living inside of Jerusalem. And three times a year during the feast, people from all over the world, Jewish descents, would come to celebrate this feast. And when this, all the outpouring of the Holy Spirit takes place in the upper room, this Jerusalem is packed with people from all different kinds of, of people, from different kinds of the Roman Empire. And they all are here. And we see, the Bible says, they heard the sound. When they heard the sound, it was so clear that they did not go to the marketplace. They did not run to the temple, but the sound let them knew where the sound was coming and they all came where? Where the souls of the sound was. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we see that that particular day, they heard and they all ran and now they are seeing what is happening there. Praise the Lord. The sound of the wind, praise the Lord, drew the multitude to the upper room and they witnessed something very unique. The Bible says they witnessed everyone speaking in his own language. Now, these are people from different kinds, different parts of the Roman Empire. They all ran together. They all have different languages, but they all heard, they all heard what in their own language they heard this people speaking. So we see, when you look at this closely, we will see that there are two or dual wonder that is recorded. The first wonder is 120 people suddenly started speaking in various languages that they have never ever known before. Praise the Lord. They started speaking in a heavenly language that they were never oriented or they never knew. The second wonder that takes place here is the people, the multitude that had gathered there, they heard these individuals speaking in their own native language. 
And the Bible says everyone was perplexed. Can you imagine? People from different parts of the world, they come and they see, they hear these people speaking in their own language. And what were they doing? They were all glorifying God and speaking about what the wonders of God. Speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. And to add to their amazement, the scripture says, they talk between each other and say, hey, aren't these the Galileans? Aren't these guys from Galilee? Meaning, these guys are, are you know, they are so backward. They don't even know one particular language. How in the world we hear them speak in our own mother tongue, in our own languages. Praise the Lord. And that made them wonder as to what is happening. What do you think? This do you think the Acts chapter 2 phenomenon is simply exclusively confined to the first century church? Well, there are a lot of people who argue that this is something that happened around 2,000 years ago. It has got nothing to do with today. Praise the Lord. Especially those who believe in cessationism, they believe that the speaking of tongues is something that has been erased long, long, long back. Praise the Lord. But when we look in the book itself, in Acts chapter, we read in chapter 8, in chapter 10, in chapter 19, this is recorded. Then Paul writing in his epistles, he says, I speak in tongues more than any one of you. Praise the Lord. So we see that it did not just stop with the first century church, but we did stop with that first experience on the day of Pentecost. But we see that this was an ongoing experience. Going fast forward in America in 1906, we had the Azusa Street Revival. Praise the Lord. God used an African-American preacher called Seymour, William Seymour, and him and six others, they started praying and crying out to God. He had heard from another preacher called Parnam that, that, there, that the tongues is a reality. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is a reality. It is not something confined to the scripture. And all night they were praying in Azusa Street. And the, and, and the history says that they were all that night filled with the power from above. And they all started speaking in tongues. And there was a mighty revival that broke loose in Azusa Street in 1906. The revival came with the mighty power of God, power to heal, power to deliver, people speaking in tongues, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit being manifested. People started operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And we see that this movement spread throughout the world. Praise the Lord. In 2008, our church went on a mission trip to Maharashtra. And we went to Pune, and there is an ashram there called the Pandita Ramabai Ashram. It's, it's, a, it's a Mukti Mission ashram, 
this young lady, she came to the Lord. She was a scholar. That's why she was given the title Pandita. Praise the Lord. But she came to the knowledge of grace. And history says, 10 months later, after the Azusa Street Revival, there was a mighty revival in that place. Praise the Lord. People started weeping under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They started crying out to the Lord. And they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit was so powerful that it is recorded that people in the neighborhood saw fire, that ashram was burning, and they all ran and came. And because they wanted to put water on the fire, and when they came, they realized that the fire that was burning there was not a physical kind of fire. Praise the Lord. Now, every place you would not have that fire manifestation. But we understand wherever the Holy Spirit baptism takes place, one evidence that you see is people start speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance. Why talk about here and there? We can talk about our own church. Remember the time when we used to have, our young people used to get together and used to pray. And as they continued in prayer and worship, praise the Lord, every one of them were baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Nobody had to tell them, praise God. Nobody had to encourage them, but it was spontaneous. There was a thirst and a hunger in each and every one of them to be baptized, empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was manifested upon their lives as they started speaking in tongues, as the gifts of the Spirit started manifesting, as there was a desire to do the will of God, the desire to be witnessed and to stand strong in faith. Over the course of time, what has happened is something that we need to ask ourselves. Have we grieved the Holy Spirit? Have we quenched the work of the Holy Spirit? Why is it that we don't have that exuberant, praise the Lord, Holy Spirit-led worship, Holy Spirit-led, praise the Lord, services what is missing. Praise the Lord. We're not talking about Azusa Street is good, Pandita Ramabai is good. We're talking about what transpired in the house of God here. Praise the Lord. All we had to do was start a song and then it would be like fire. Praise God. But what has happened over the course of time? We have become so program-oriented. We have become so sensitive about schedules. We have become so sensitive about coming up with new, new, new programs. The novelty, when the novelty dies, everything dies We need to have a desire and a drive and a passion to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Church, listen to me. Praise the Lord.
I've been weeping in the presence of God. I've been asking the Lord for a visitation in the house of God. Praise God. Let me tell you, you and I have to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You cannot cut, you cannot live the kind of life that God wants us to live without the power from above. What our next generation faces, the challenges that they face, the Herculean challenges that they face in their lives that comes through their school system, that comes through the education system, that comes through our society, that comes through our perverse generation around us, they would not be able to stand simply with programs. I want to tell you, my dear parents, young and old, we need to come in the presence of God. Lie down in God's presence. Weep out and cry to God for a visitation. Unless we have a drive and a passion, I'm telling you, we will not be able to stand. Thank God for talents. I thank God for that. Thank God for skills. Thank God for abilities. Praise God for good sound system. Praise God for a good place that God has given us. Above everything else, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot cut without it. You cannot cut it without it. You cannot stand without it. You cannot succeed without it. Yes, we can succeed in a vocation. We can succeed in a profession. That's not what we are talking about. If you want to stand the pressure, you need to have the power on the inside. If you want to stand against the pressure that the world imposes, if you want to stand against the pressure that comes against us like a flood that comes against our children, that comes against our grandchildren. You need to have a power from above which is able to supersede every push and the pull that the enemy puts upon it. So what am I saying? I'm calling the church. I'm calling the grandparents. I'm calling the parents. I'm calling the young parents. I'm calling the young people. I'm calling the Sunday school teachers. I'm calling the youth leaders to step out. Let the young people see that you have a drive. You have a passion to wait upon the presence of God. When you are empowered from above, you are able to do more for Jesus than all of our ideas and innovation. Time that your church wake up and ask the Lord, Lord, empower us, empower us, empower us. Praise the Lord. There is so much negativity. Some people are afraid that if you open yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit, that something might happen, something else might take over. And there is so much thought that all this speaking in tongue is, is a fake thing. If somebody is faking it, let them fake it. What does that got to do with you? Look what the scripture says. 
when you study the Gospels, you will see the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is recorded in all four Gospels because that's very absolutely important. It brings the core message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Likewise, when you read the four Gospels, there is something else that is recorded which shows how important this is. And so I want to draw your attention to this. Praise the Lord. This is the statement of the Baptist, John the Baptist. Look what John the Baptist says. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That is Matthew recording it. Here is Mark, John the Baptist saying, I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Look what Luke has to say. Luke saying, John answered saying to all, one mightier than I is coming with sandal strap I'm not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Look what John has to say. John is saying, I did not know him. John the Baptist is saying, John the Apostle is recording. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Four recordings by four different people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Who is the baptizer? Jesus is the baptizer. He's baptizing us in what? In the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer. He's baptizing, immersing us in the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, church. If Jesus is the one who's baptizing you in the Holy Spirit, do you need to have a phobia about it? Jesus loved you and me so much that he offered his life on the cross of Calvary. If Jesus died on the cross for me and for me, and it is that Jesus who is baptizing you and me in the Holy Spirit, what is the fear factor? Jesus said, if you ask the Father for bread, would he give? Would he give? stone. If you ask for fish, would he give? If you ask for egg, would he give? Scorpion. No. He says, if you're asking, how much more does he give? What? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So what is stopping the church? What is stopping you and me to experience this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Why are we bashful? If the Lord wants to baptize us in the Spirit, 
so that we can live an empowered life, we can live the righteous kind of life, so that we can live the victorious kind of life, so that we can live the conqueror kind of life, so that we can become effective in the ministry that God has given us. Why, what are we shying away from? Those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, those who, are, those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, why is it that we are shying away? Our children need to hear us speak in tongues. Praise the Lord. Our children need to hear us worship in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Our children need to see that when we come in the presence of God, that is the worship is not, praise the Lord, a tradition. It's not a program. We are led by the power of God. The worship is exuberant. And worship does not simply means singing songs. Whatever you do for the Lord, it is empowered, propelled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. We need to come to that to that good old days where we crave to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. When you look at the scripture, you understand that when the Lord baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, there is an evidence that we are baptized when we start speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. Tongues, the term used is glossalia. It means languages or dialects. Now, people always ask, well, what's the point in speaking in tongues? Nobody understands. Number one, when you speak in tongues, the Bible says you're directing your, your speech, your words to to God primarily. He who speaks in tongues does not speak unto men, but speaks unto God. So when you are baptized in the Spirit, when you are speaking in tongues, primarily number one, you are speaking to God. Praise the Lord. You are speaking to God. It is directed to God. And that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Somebody might ask us, hey, what's the purpose in speaking in tongues? Why do we have to speak in tongues? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, the purpose of tongues is to strengthen ourselves. Praise the Lord. We edify ourselves. Praise the Lord. Is to strengthen that inner man. When you come in the presence of God and when you start exercising that gift and start speaking in tongue, your inner man is strengthened. Try it. Praise the Lord. Spend time in the presence of God as an individual, as a family, as a corporate body. Praise the Lord. When we start worshiping, worshiping the Lord in spirit, when we start speaking in tongues, it is directed unto God. And our inner man is strengthened. 
Praise the Lord. And what is the effect of speaking in tongues? Jude, the writer says, Beloved, build yourself in, in the most holy faith. How? When you speak in tongues. The effect of tongue is to build our holy faith. Jude 20. Praise the Lord. So praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit is an invaluable weapon that God has given us in our arsenal to fight against the devices, the tactics, the schemes of the enemy that bruise against our lives, that bruise against our generation, that bruise against our offsprings. There is only limited knowledge that we have. We only can see very limited things around us. Our sight is limited. Our knowledge is limited. Our reach is limited. You cannot go after your children everywhere. You cannot go to their classroom. You cannot go to their parks. You cannot go to their library. You cannot be always with them in their bedroom. You do not see what they are watching. You do not see what they are reading. You do not know what the websites that they are visiting. Praise God. But you and I can pray in the spirit. We can wage a war in the spirit. We can pray for our generations. We can pray for ourselves. And the Holy Spirit who knows everything can pray the prayer that will dismantle and disable the schemes and the booby traps of the enemy that bruise against our children and against our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Quite often, people have so many excuses. Even people who sometimes speak in tongues, when they don't hear others speak in tongues, I feel that, hey, they hear that voice in the ears. It's bogus. Do you understand what you've been speaking? It's fake. Why speak? When you study the scripture, when you hear that voice, who do you think that's speaking to you? Holy Spirit? Who do you think is speaking to you? When you are speaking in tongues, and after speaking in tongues for some time, if you hear that voice saying, hey, does that make sense? Aren't you just simply saying things? Aren't you just making things up? Who do you think that's, that's whispering in your ears? And then if you're surrounded with skeptics, if you're surrounded with critics, if you're surrounded with people who are cynics, they will pour more into you and many have stopped worshiping the Lord in the spirit and speaking in tongues. Many have stopped. But you look at any spiritual blessing that the Bible talks about, anything. God decrees and declares. Satan denies it. You and I can decide whether you want to believe God or you want to believe Satan. Look in the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve, the day that you eat of that fruit, 
you will you will die god declared it satan came and whispered and say did god really say that is that really the truth eve had to decide whether she going to believe what god said or she going to believe what satan said finally she believed who did she believe when she believed what satan said did what god said actually transpire yes so god decrees and declares when my scripture says he who speaks in tongues speaks unto god not unto men and if jesus is the one who baptized me in the holy spirit and i start speaking in tongues and his word tells me i am speaking to him who in the world are you to tell me it's something else but then i have to decide you have to decide whose report will you believe we will believe the report of the praise god hallelujah not even halfway through we have the communion so i need to be sensitive i want the church to spend time with god two weeks ago we had fasting and prayer hardly anybody showed up and i'm telling the leaders of this church god is going to hold you accountable when the church calls in for a fasting and prayer if you decide that you are not going to come but you feel it is okay for you to jump on the stage and minister it's okay for you to get involved in different activities of church beware in flesh in human strength there is a limit how far you can run you don't have too much mileage i also want to tell those who are indulging in the things of flesh beware praise god don't take this as a joke praise god don't take this lightly don't take the presence of god lightly things that you have to settle with god in your personal life you have to settle with god before you stretch your hands to the things of god things that you have to settle with your spouse with your family you settle it before you stretch your hands to the things of god things that you have to settle with your fellow brethren before you stretch your hands to the things of god to the activities of god to the service of god to the ministry of god 
you want victory over those challenges that is what we are talking about that is what we are talking about god has not called us to live that defeated kind of life god has called us to live the victorious kind of life and he knows that you and i cannot pull it by ourselves we need the power from above and that is what god is calling us out to Shall we crave for entrance? Lord, I am a candidate. I cannot live by my own strength. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the empowerment. Lord, I was once moving in that unction, moving in that anointing, but I have lost it. I have become damned. It seems that the spirit power in me is quenched. I've been grieving the spirit. Yes, I've been doing a lot of things, but I've been grieving the spirit. If you are that person, God loves you and he's telling you to come back and experience the fullness of power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, so that you and I can become effective in what you and I do. All eyes closed. One moment. Is there anybody in the house that would pray? Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill my children with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill my grandchildren with, with your Holy Spirit. Lord, baptize them with your Spirit. We tell our son all the time, you have to pray that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Involvement in church is good, but you have to pray that God, the Lord, will baptize you with the Spirit. Every one of us have to exercise that gift of speaking in tongues and let us speak to our children and tell them it is important to be baptized in the Holy Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, we pray that you would give us that craving. That we will have a personal Pentecost experience in our life. That every one of us will have the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As the Old Testament prophets prophesied. As Jesus, our Savior and the lover of our soul, prophesied and said, wait, tarry, praise God. Father, we pray that we will have such a drive within us and we will see the manifestation of the power of God in our services. In Jesus' name we